you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it is Wednesday, February 3rd, and welcome back into the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. On today's episode, we get to, or at least continue to get to, what has been a very, very busy week uh, for the Orioles in Major League Baseball as a whole. A lot of signings and moves really starting to happen this week as the calendar turns to February, and a lot of news as well about the Major League Baseball season, and it looking more and more like that April 1st opening day is going to happen, which means at this point, it does look like uh, the Orioles are going to report to spring training with at least their pitchers and catchers later this month. Seems like things uh, really snuck up on us there. But, of course, the hot stove has been hot uh, for even the Orioles this week. We talked about it. Of course, the breaking news on Monday. The trade is now official as of last night uh, with the Orioles sending Alex Cobb to the Angels and getting the 23-year-old second baseman, Jemai Jones, in return from Anaheim. We knew all that. We were just waiting on the definites of the financials for both teams in terms of the Alex Cobb contract. I had talked on Monday that it would probably be nine or ten million that the Orioles would be paying. Well, uh, pretty much on the nose with that one. It is being reported that the Orioles will pay ten million dollars of the fifteen million owed to Alex Cobb uh, for the final year of his contract in this 2021 season. So the Angels will pay $5 million of his salary. The Orioles will pay 10. Both teams will defer some of that money, meaning they will each not pay their total sums in the year 2021 and will pay some of it to Cobb later down the road. So basically, you know, as we said Monday, it was a uh, situation with the Orioles just buying a prospect. You know, they, they eventually saved in total $5 million because had they kept Cobb, they would have paid him $15 million this year. So they're only going to have to pay 10 of that. And they save a little bit more because you have to think they defer a couple million of that uh, until later years. So for this season itself, uh, you're looking at the Orioles saving, you know, probably around seven or $8 million with this move. And then of course, they also get themselves Jemai Jones, uh, who slots in as the Orioles number 19 Uh, ranked prospect on the MLB.com top 30. Really just goes to show you how good the Orioles system has become. Jones was the Angels' number 7 prospect. The Orioles get him, and he moves down to number 19 on the Baltimore list. Uh, You do love to see that for a rebuilding team. Uh, But we will talk about that trade a little bit later and really go in-depth on Jemai Jones. Uh, What do the Orioles have in him? Uh, What's he done so far in his minor league career with the Angels? And then, of course, that quick cup of coffee. Uh, He got three games in the big leagues with L.A. in 2020. Uh, So to talk about all that a little bit later in the podcast, uh, we are going to be joined by Taylor Blake Ward. He's been on this podcast before. Uh, he is a prospect writer, and he covers mostly the Angels uh, and their minor league system as well, while also covering the MLB draft. Uh, he also used to be the host of Locked On Angels here on the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, and we had him on uh, a while back to talk about the Dylan Bundy trade that was made between the Orioles and the Angels last offseason. But uh, Taylor's going to join us coming up after the break again to talk about Jemai Jones and uh, what the Orioles have in him. 
But, you know, with the Cobb trade, we talked about this on Monday's episode as well. And, and if you missed that one, kind of really giving you the first reaction to the trade, go back and, and check that one out from Monday, episode number 216 of the pod. Uh, also talked on that one about what this means for the Orioles starting rotation, because, you know, no matter how you see Alex Cobb and obviously the struggles he has had, he was the one true veteran guy in the Orioles rotation. And, and you know, whether or not he ended up like this at the end of the season, he was probably going to be uh, starting the Orioles second game of the year. We figured, you know, John Means would start opening day just with the veteran presence and the success he's had in the past. You probably start Cobb in game number two. Uh, you don't have that veteran guy anymore. And, and Mike Elias has talked about, you know, the Orioles were in the market uh, to sign at least one more veteran starting pitcher. And of course, the trade of Cobb opened that up. And uh, the Orioles did that right away. They actually made this signing uh, just a couple hours before the Cobb trade was actually finalized. But the Orioles are uh, bringing back an old friend from last year. As last night it was reported uh, by John Morosi and uh, confirmed by Rock Cabaco and other sources uh, that the Orioles are bringing back the left-handed pitcher Wade LeBlanc on a minor league deal with a spring training invite. Uh, he will be paid $700,000 uh, if he does make the major league roster with the Orioles in 2021. And of course, LeBlanc, you know, he signed with the O's uh, last year and was with them in spring training and, and made the team out of spring training. And he was, of course, a part of the Orioles rotation last year. Uh, he made six starts to start the year, 22 and a third innings, allowed 27 hits, 13 Ks, eight walks. And, and of course, there were struggles uh, with an 8.06 ERA for LeBlanc. And then, of course, he got injured, um, had that elbow injury uh, that took him out in the first inning of his what ended up being his final start of the year with the Orioles and uh, took him out for the remainder of the season. That was August 23rd. Uh, we ended up, ended up getting two outs in the first and then had to leave the game, and he was done uh, for the rest of the year. But but really, he had you know two bad starts. Uh, against Miami on August 6th, he gave up six runs in three and a third. Uh, August 18th against Toronto, five runs in four innings. Other than that, he was solid, and, and especially that start against Tampa August 1st, five and a third, one run uh, for LeBlanc. So again, he wasn't great, ERA over eight, um, and, and you know, his stuff, you know, we kind of compared him to Tommy Malone all season long, uh, but his stuff was not anywhere close to Tommy and obviously got injured and missed most of the season. But it's a low risk, you know, you bring him in on a minor league deal, uh, you hope he can help you out, maybe be in the rotation for a bit uh, to wait till you know, guys like Bruce Zimmerman, Zach Lowther, uh, Michael Bauman, and others are definitely ready to join that rotation. And it gives you some some veteran leadership in the clubhouse and in that starting rotation, and especially a clubhouse that is going to have so many young starting pitchers uh, that really didn't have a true veteran presence. Uh, definitely needed a guy like LeBlanc. So even if he doesn't help the team win too, too much, uh, I still like the move. Uh, with bringing in Wade LeBlanc. And we will break this down uh, much further on Friday. An exciting guest, uh, Jordan Schusterman, who is one half of Cespedes Family Barbecue and the co-host of Baseball Barbecue on the Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, of course, a big Mariners fan. Jordan's going to join us on Friday uh, to talk more in depth about LeBlanc because he spent the entirety of the 2018 and 2019 seasons uh, pitching a lot of innings for the Mariners. Uh, so we're going to talk about what LeBlanc can do uh, in a full season when healthy here in his later years of his career. And then, of course, uh, the, the last piece of, of kind of Orioles news of the week was, you know, officially Hanser Alberto, whom the Orioles non-tendered back in the fall, 
will not be an Oriole in 2021. Uh, he signed a minor league deal uh, with an invite to spring training with the Kansas City Royals, and he'll make a, a, about a million dollars if he makes the major league roster. And, and good for Hanser, obviously still kills lefties and uh, going to be a fan favorite in Kansas City. And obviously we wish him the best and, and hoping he does make it onto the Royals roster. But the Orioles uh, did, you know, kind of give up in some ways on Hanser Alberto and, and are looking for other options at second base. You know, they've obviously brought in Yomer Sanchez as a potential option. Ryland Bannon has been added to the 40-man roster as an option. And they also acquired another option in this Alex Cobb trade. It's Jemai Jones, the 23-year-old second baseman they got from the Angels in the trade. Now, he's been in the Angel system since he was drafted out of high school in 2015 and uh, did play three major league games, got uh, three hits and seven plate appearances at the big leagues in his debut with the Angels in 2020. But we wanted to know more about uh, Jones's time in the minors, his status as a prospect, and what his future looks like with the Orioles. So coming up after the break, Taylor Blake Ward is going to join us. He covers the Angels and the MLB draft, uh, and he is very knowledgeable about the Angels and their system. And he's going to join us after the break to talk about the newest Oriole, Jemai Jones. So we'll get to that interview in just a second, but first got to tell you about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. We've talked about Built Bar many a time, uh, and it's OG flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, and peanut butter. But it's got six new flavors as well, like Carrot Cake and Cherry Barcia, to name a few. And, and you know Built Bar. It's it's good for you. It's a protein bar. You can lose or maintain weight, uh, but it's also a delicious treat. Those bars are 100% covered in chocolate. Uh, they're good eating them out of the pantry. Maybe you put them in the fridge, maybe in the freezer. Get a little bit of a uh, even sweeter treat like that as well. But that's the main thing. They taste great. They do not have that usual protein bar taste, and they're good for you as well. Let's take a look at the Cookies and Cream Bar. It's got 17 grams of protein. It's just 130 calories and has just 4 grams of sugar. So if you're interested in a delicious and nutritious protein bar, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse has to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure to write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, so we are joined back here on the pod by Taylor Blake Ward as he uh, comes on this podcast for the second time, he covers the Angels and the MLB draft and uh, minor league baseball as well. And uh, someone very good to have on the podcast when we're talking about a former Angels minor leaguer. Uh, and Taylor, first of all, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's great to be back on. Good to see you. And so we, we bring you on and talk about the newest Oriole. 
uh, Jemai Jones coming over from the Angels uh, in the trade this week for Alex Cobb. Of course, it was uh, essentially almost a case of the Orioles buying a prospect, it seemed like. You know, they, they paid off a lot of Cobb's deal, uh, and they got themselves Jones, who slots into to one of their top 20 guys and uh, looks to be major league ready. So that's kind of where I want to start. You know, he got his, you know, cup of coffee with the Angels last year. They, they gave him three games at the major league level. Um, he picked up a few hits um, and, and got himself going at the major league level. So going into 2021 from, from what you've seen from him, you know, is it fair to say that, that he's ready to make a run at an opening day roster spot in 2021? I think with a team like the Orioles, it would make a lot of sense. Um, with a team that has anything near an average second baseman, I think it's you continue the development. And if they do continue his development, I think it would be smart. Um, this is a guy who – came up for, like you said, a, a cup of coffee and really performed well at their extended site in Long Beach. Um, really did impress a, a few people. Former prospect, former top prospect, uh, still a guy that I think most would consider a top 15 prospect in the organization, probably top 10. Uh, he was in my personal top 10. Um, but yeah, for an opening day shot, I think it would have to be a team that's in the midst of a rebuild. Uh, similar to what the Baltimore Orioles are going through. Um, a guy that you want to see at least average offensive output out of him. Uh, a guy that did go through some defensive changes uh, just a few years ago. He was an outfielder who the outfield defense was okay, uh, you know, serviceable. I don't know about how he would have handled center field. Probably would have played left field long term. Um, but second base, it was a lot of growing pains. There was a lot of problems. Uh, when he started at second base, but he's grown into what seems to be a serviceable. I think that's just a, the word that we could use when it comes to Jam Jones, a serviceable hitter, serviceable uh, defender, especially in the infield. They're never going to play shortstop. He's primarily going to be second base only when it comes to the infield. You could probably maneuver him back out to the outfield. Um, can play center field. I don't know, you know, if he's a guy you want manning center field, but definitely can play the outfield. Uh, and I think left field is probably, you know, if you could use him as a, a versatile everyday guy in a sense for a team that's in a rebuild, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And for the Orioles, lucky, luckily for them, at least, you know, you talk about the move uh, center field, not something they have to address right now, which is good um, between Austin Hayes and, and Cedric Mullins trying to battle out there and, and all the outfielders the Orioles have, he's going to be an infielder. Uh, it looks like, and, and, you know, you mentioned he works on a rebuilding team to be on the opening day roster. It's also a rebuilding team with a giant hole at second base right now um, after non-tendering Hanser Alberto. So, you know, that, that kind of fits perfectly um, for Jones. Now he was a guy who you mentioned, you know, former top prospect. And, and as you said, he was in the, the top 10 a, a, in many places, uh, you know, serviceable hitter um as you said you know what what is kind of the the breakdown I mean, I mean i know he's gone through a swing change uh in the past few years and uh you know his his numbers definitely vary you know he had a lot of success in the arizona fall league not as much you know in his full minor league seasons so you know really what kind of hitter does does he profile out to be yeah, and you mentioned a swing change. It was actually about six swing changes. Uh, and, I mean, you know, that sounds dramatic, but it's true. He went through a swing change every third month for about two years. Um, and it was a, it was an issue. Uh, getting this guy adjusted defensively to the infield and also getting him uh, adjusted at the plate with multiple swing changes. It was, I believe, 2019 in the fall league when he was with Mesa that 
you kind of see the swing that he has now uh, here in 2020, 2021, where he kind of has, uh, he's got his hands a little more extended. Um, they wanted him to grow into a little more power. The problem with the top prospect item is this was a guy that was a, a very good athlete who put up some decent numbers in high A baseball in a small sample. And when you have a, a good athlete, who puts up numbers, and also you have an organization that does not have a lot of prospects. Because when Billy Epler took over the Angels, they were a very, very poor farm system. And when Jemiah Jones is the top of the Angels' farm system, and you kind of progress that way, there's a little more to people identifying with him as, you know, he's a top prospect in this organization. Uh, he's athletic. He put up the numbers. We need to get him in our top 100 prospect list. I don't know if he was ever necessarily a, a top, a, a solidified top 100 prospect. I think there was a little bit of scouting the stat line. And, you know, I have to be, uh, I have to say for myself, I did the same thing. You know, I, I see him play in person. I'm like, this guy has major league potential and he's putting up big numbers and all these things. But I think that was a, uh, kind of the flaw in prospect rankings and you'd ask scouts and scout, some scouts would say, yeah, this guy's got above, uh, above average everyday potential. Um, other scouts would say, you know, I don't see him more as a bench piece, but everyone did see him as a major leaguer. Um, as for offensive carry, I think it's going to be a guy that has some contact skills, um, has the ability to get on base. I think that maybe uh, Average uh, contact skills, average on-base skills. So what's that? You know, a guy that maybe hits 260 for you with a 320 on-base, something along those lines. Um, he's a strong kid, you know, strong. The swing has become compact. So there is potential for double-digit home runs, especially in the AL East. <clears throat> Sorry about that. And, uh, you know, maybe a guy that runs into 10 home runs for you. I mean, like, you know, if he's a, a 100 OPS plus or weighted runs created plus, whatever your measurement is that you use, I think a hundred is the bar that you're kind of looking at when it comes to Jam Jones. Yeah, and, and you know you you're hoping for obviously best case scenario a little bit more than that, but but you'll take that as well, as, especially if that comes this year. Um, if, if this does end up being his first, you know, obviously full major league season, but but for the Orioles, it's it's an interesting spot to to go and get him because you know, he had finally gotten his chance um, at the majors with the angels and, and he's on the 40 man roster and out now on the Orioles 40 man. Um, so, you know, the, the options become, you know, this, this is now the time to give him his major league shot um, on a rebuilding team. So it, you know, you've talked about, you know, maybe being a, a an average hitter, you know, a, a, you know, a guy that can, can get on base, but, you know, maybe isn't going to wow everyone with the offensive numbers. Do you feel there's, you know, to, to try and excite some Orioles fans a little bit more, do you feel there's a ceiling there, you know, with him still being 23 uh, that, that can be tapped that, you know, I'm not saying he's a number three hitter uh, in the lineup of a good team, but that takes him to the next level where, you know, his bat keeps him as, you know, at the very least a solid everyday player that's not hitting ninth for you. Um, yeah. Ceiling wise. Absolutely. This guy's an incredible athlete. Uh, his brother, I think he has two brothers in the NFL, actually. His dad played in the NFL, comes from that family line. I think if I'm remembering right, I believe when we asked him who the best athlete in his family was, he said his mom. I can't remember what his mom did, but I think his mom was a heck of an athlete as well. Um, so, you know, anytime you bring that kind of athlete into any organization, there's excitement. Um, this guy has performed at a, a top level in the minor leagues before. It's getting him back into that, getting his confidence back. 
Um, he was a little bit log jammed in the Angels uh, system. You know, they have Luis Rangifo. They brought in Franklin Barreto. Um, there's obviously David Fletcher is playing second base for them long term now. Uh, so this guy was a little bit logged. Um, I think the, the upside is more just finding confidence and growing. It's a guy that was a two-sport athlete, and, and a lot of times when these guys come around, you need to see them kind of grow as a person. And the, the makeup is off the charts. Coaches love this kid. Uh, he, he's a workhorse. Worked with Jeremy Reed, a former major leaguer who's an Angels hitting coach uh, that was in the minors, worked with him in the minors, and then progressed and worked with him in the majors as well at uh, the extended site. So this is a guy that, yeah, there is a, a, a bit of a ceiling of, of being an above average player. Um, you know, there is a swing comp to Whit Merrifield and Whit Merrifield is what he is, but it also took Whit Merrifield to being a 26, 27, 28 year old before he really turned into anything. So I think maybe a similar, you know, track with Jim Jones is getting him to be in his, you know, towards his peak years of those late twenties and the early thirties, which, you know, the, obviously the Orioles have about five years with them, six years with them to kind of get that. And that would put him in that range. But I think it's going to be more at the end of his contract with the Orioles, where you may be seeing a guy that, that does produce at a more, more than just average level. Yeah. And I think that's what helps him as well. Being on a rebuilding team like Baltimore and being 23 um, and the fact that, you know, it's not like the Orioles are at the end of their rebuild and are ready to win next year. He's going to get time. If he struggles, you know, in his first full major league season in 2021, he's going to get time. He's going to be right back in there um, in 2022 um, and beyond to get that chance. Now, now, you know, obviously with a guy who has already changed positions and, you know, it hasn't, you know, become where he is, you know, locked in good defensive second baseman at this point. You know, it, it seems like it, where this turns out into, uh, you know, I don't want to say worst case scenario where, but but if things don't go right for him and the Orioles, it seems like it's where after a couple of years, you know, the bat still isn't there. And, you know, he's not a guy who's a glove first player and, you know, kind of gets pushed out by the times the, or, by the time the Orioles are, are trying to win again. Is, is that kind of fair to say what might be, you know, a, a downside possibility for this trade and, and for Jones? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go into this season, like you said, he's 23 years old and you, you do want to develop him. So do you want to develop him at the major league level or in the minor league level? And, you know, major league baseball is not supposed to technically be a development league. Um, so it's really, you know, is he going to get the reps? Absolutely. But he could also get those reps in AAA. And is it Norfolk or Bo Bowie? I can't remember. Yeah, Norfolk uh, and Triple A. Yeah. yeah, Norfolk. I mean, you know, if he's getting reps at Norfolk, I, I wouldn't be upset if I was Baltimore um, saying, hey, we're going to get this kid the reps down there, try and get him to uh, play Orioles baseball because it's different from Angels baseball and we're going to develop him differently. And maybe that's something that Michael Elias has a view of is saying, uh, you know, we, we see a development pattern that we want to take with this kid that's going to change the outcome of what his uh, success could or could not be. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there is definitely room for error. Um, this, there is a chance that Jam Jones doesn't become anything. I think that the makeup and the athleticism is going to at least carry him to be a major league product. Uh, even a bench piece that could be a super utility guy that does play, you know, say you need a guy coming off the bench that can play second base or left field or center field or right field, whatever it is, uh, that could be an outcome. Um, and we, it's, you know, it's, it's such a cliche, but it's such a proper cliche to say, we have to wait and see. 
And that's kind of the way that the players come because it's like, uh, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, everyone loves Grayson Rodriguez for absolutely the, the best reasons. He's a true talent, but realistically we have to wait and see if he's going to be a reliever or a starter. We really do. And I think with GM Jones, it's more, is, is he going to be an everyday second baseman or is he going to be a bench player or is he going to be the 26 man on the roster that we DFA in time? Yeah. You know, you mentioned it. We we can talk about how much we love Grayson Rodriguez, you know, for weeks and weeks, he still hasn't even thrown a double a inning. So we still have to know what he does there to even then start to project what he can do at the major league level. And and same with Jones, he's got seven major league plate appearances. You know, we gotta, we gotta see him get it done in some fashion, Uh, but it's, it's wait and see for a lot of Orioles guys. You know, I don't know how his career will, will look similar to, a guy like Richie Martin, who's with the Orioles now, who, you know, kind of a guy who was a top prospect with the A's and kind of fell off and the Orioles took a chance on him. And, you know, the gloves there, the bats, maybe not there, but they've got time and he's got youth to, to try and figure it out with him. Um, and, and, you know, maybe the same thing will go with Jones uh, here. Richie but, uh, Martin was the first guy that came to my mind. Yeah. When, when this all kind of came together, I said, Oh, they got their, you know, counterpart to Richie Martin. And, you know, like you said, Richie Martin, former top prospects, put up numbers, uh, didn't really progress the way that was expected. And now you're waiting to see, is Richie Martin going to be an average everyday shortstop or is he going to be the 26th man on the roster, you know? And uh, all love to Richie Martin. I love Richie Martin. I love Jam Jones. That's one thing I will say is when it comes to Jam Jones and and Jemai, he goes by Jam, um, fantastic kid. Love the kid. And and that doesn't mean – squat you know there's kids that burned out in rookie ball that i absolutely loved as well but just this kid is someone that i think a lot of people are going to really like as a human being yeah and, and if you're mike elias and you're the orioles i mean you're thinking best case scenario three years down the road if jam jones and richie martin is your starting middle infield and, and they're hitting the ball and things are going well that might not happen but you have time to to try and figure that out so uh taylor i, I got one last thing to ask you before i let you go you know a little more big picture but uh this is now the third deal that the Orioles and the Angels have made since the end of the 2019 season. And of course, it sent Jose Iglesias, Alex Cobb, and Dylan Bundy to the Angels, who should all be pretty big factors, at least to some degree, if the Angels are trying to make the postseason in 2021. And it has now netted the Orioles seven prospects, a, a very much varying you know, degrees of, of hype around them. Uh, is there something to, you know, Seemingly when Mike Elias feels like he wants to deal somebody, he, it, it seems like the angels are always <laughs> there ready to, uh, to make the deal for him. I don't know, man. I mean, it's uh, there's even a kid um, that's kind of been stored away in, in AAA for the angels for a few years here that I continually hear that the Orioles really like them. They, they've passed on them in the rule five of it twice over, but uh, yeah, there is something there. And um, looking back at the trades, uh, you know, the Dylan Bundy trade, it was quantity maybe over quality in a sense. Um, I love Kyle Brnovich. Uh, really also uh, Kyle, um, Kyle uh, Bradish. Kyle Bradish it's as well, the two Kyles. I really yeah. like those guys. Really think that there's some form of major league impact there. Um, did they get Isaac Matson as well? They did, and, and everybody loves him because he was uh, playing summer ball here in Baltimore a couple years ago, and he's yeah, already did, become did a he, fan uh, favorite. Did he make the majors this year? I didn't even look. Uh, so he got added to the 40 man. So, uh, Oh, good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be competing for a bullpen spot. I think he can do it. I think that, you know, I think that the Orioles have picked up some trades. I mean, uh, the, the Jose Iglesias trade, I'm not really big on, um, Garrett Stallings think he's got a talent level there, but I don't know if he's, uh, 
it's really low velocity, and that does concern me. Um, Gene Pinto, another guy that kind of performed well, but a little bit of older for uh, the class. But, yeah, when it comes to Angels and Orioles, I don't know, because you're talking about two different uh, regimes. I mean, um, you know, Billy Epler is the one that made the trade for Dylan Bundy, but Perry Manassian is the one that made these last two trades for Jose Iglesias and Anthony – or uh, Anthony, Alex Cobb. Um, I'm thinking of Santander. <laughs> I'm already getting there. One in there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I have no idea, man. It's just uh, certain because when Billy Epler was uh, general manager, it was the joke was that the Angels and Braves were essentially the same team because they continued to trade for each other. So these relationships, uh, you know, it could be past relationships. It could just be the way the Baltimore Orioles see the Angels farm system and development patterns and how they agree or disagree with certain things. So I, <laughs> it's juice, man. If you ever find out, let me know. Yeah, it's just, it's just been funny every single time. It's like, oh, the Orioles are looking to move somebody. Well, let's uh, let's uh, scour through the Angels uh, system and, and see who they're going to get back uh, in a potential deal. But Taylor, thank you so much for joining us, letting us know about uh, Jam Jones. And uh, I think it's you know pretty well known whether or not he spends some time in AAA. He's going to be in an Oriole uniform at some point in 2021, and he's going to get his shot. Um, and, and hopefully this uh, all works out for the O's. But thanks again. Absolutely, man. It was a pleasure. So our thanks again to Taylor Blake Ward for coming back on the podcast. We had him on uh, last year after the Orioles' uh, Dylan Bundy trade to the Angels, and uh, he's got a lot of good info about not just the Angels' system, uh, but minor league baseball, uh, about the draft as well. If you want to give him a follow, a good good Twitter follow, at Taylor Blake Ward on Twitter, uh, as uh, he gives us a, a good look at Jam Jones, uh, as he is known, of course, full name Jamai, but... Uh, like calling him Jam a lot better as uh, we talk about, you know, what what is his place on the Orioles roster now, now that he's on the 40 man and, and you know, is, is looking to get a full major league season in 2021 with the O's. So it will be interesting to see uh, how Jam Jones kind of plays into this Orioles infield this year. And, and you know, it's it's not out of the question that he could definitely spend some time at AAA Norfolk to continue to develop because he's only got those three big league games. And, and you know, you, you look at him overall and uh, he hasn't even played AAA baseball yet at all. He, I mean, he played the entire 2019 season at AA, and then he was at the alternate site and got that small chance with the uh, Angels in 2020. So, you know, it wouldn't even be that surprising if he spent some AAA time because he's, he's never been there before, and it'll be a good place for uh, Jones, still at age 23, uh, to continue to develop. But uh, we're not done talking about this uh, Angels and Orioles trade. Alex Cobb going to Anaheim for Jam Jones. We're going to continue to look at it uh, from both sides of the equation. Uh, Later on the pod next week, actually, uh, we're going to get another Angels writer on here to kind of talk about how Alex Cobb uh, fits in with the Angels and their starting rotation and what his 2021 could look like in Anaheim. And uh, we're going to continue to look at the prospect side of it for the O's and uh, what can Jam Jones really be uh, as we talked about today but uh we're going to continue to look at your orioles news of course we're back with you friday jordan schusterman of uh, baseball barbecue and cespedes family barbecue is on the pod to talk about the orioles re-signing wade leblanc Uh, make sure you don't want to miss that one Uh, and next week we are going to uh, keep going with uh, looking at this trade we'll look at some uh, minor league signings that the orioles have made uh, over the past week uh, that were all announced today uh, they picked up a couple of pitchers, a couple right-handers in Dustin Knight and Spencer Watkins, 
And uh, Malkin Canelo, a shortstop who they signed last year, but of course didn't play. He's back on a minor league deal as well. We'll talk about him next week. And we'll talk about Hanser Alberto signing with the Royals uh, and what that means uh, for his future in Major League Baseball. But of course, we'll have you uh, set up with all the Orioles news. We'll get you Major League Baseball news as well as the hot stove is uh, really heating up. As uh, yeah, We're covering everything you need to know about the Orioles, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to us here at Locked On Orioles. Give us a rating and a review if you can. It really helps out the pod. Again, we're back Friday with Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue talking about Wade LeBlanc. Should be a fun conversation then. But until then, this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team and your dad. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.